Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. This is uh, with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 50. And, Rick, we're celebrating by bringing back our favorite guy, the mayor of Jacksonville, Pete Prisco. Yeah. Or will I be the mayor of London when they move? <laughs> or the mayor of London when they move? No, nah, they're not moving. Yeah, no, they're, no, they're two weeks in a row out there, Pete. That's You know what, though? That's actually a good thing for them. One of those games is a is a road game for Buffalo. For them, that's a home game for Buffalo. That's that's a win for them, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Instead of playing in Buffalo, absolutely. Yeah. I guess uh, that's Rick Spielman. That's Pete Prisco. Combined, Debo's producing. They have been in or around the NFL for sixty years. Imagine that. Nothing, huh? Who's yeah. been Who's been around the NFL longer, me or him? So Pete, uh, Rick had his tryout. You heard about the story last week. Yeah, the his... tryout doesn't count. That was an accident. That was like a blip well, on the radar. That, that was, was 80... like when I went to training camp when I was a kid. That was 87. <laughs> what were you doing in 87, Pete? Covering the league. No. No, I started in 89 to cover okay. the league. So Rick's okay, so Rick's, Rick's... <laughs> the tryout doesn't count. He was a GA, wasn't though. a tryout. I had a signed contract. And then what did you do for the next five years after that? You weren't in the league. I went on to uh, further my education and get a master's degree. He got his master's. When did you get back into the league? 1990. He was a Blesto scout. You lose. No, (laughs) I count my two years of tryouts or camp. (laughs) Well, good. I count my 20 going to training camps when I was a kid in New York. (laughs) All right. Pete's been covering the league for 50 years is what I'm hearing, Rick. So he's got you by two decades. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at both of us, who would you say we've both been in 30 plus years? Who do you think is the younger one? Well, you guys, are bo- you guys are both flexing. Look at that. I'm going to do, oh like, do like Rick. Oh my, my God. gun up. Look at him. Oh my God. He's, you know what he does? The vein, he that's what HGH does to your arms. It's yeah. like his veins pop out. He does curls before oh he gets God. on. Now, oh. when, I, when I come over to the studio, right there is Alligator Alley. I go right down this vein right here. That's Alligator Alley. That, right. That's No, it's not. It's HGH Alley is what it is. I just hope so, your doctor's prescribing it. You're not going on the street to get it like oh the old gosh. days. Okay. All right. So just, if you're uh, show. If you're uh, if you're listening, you just missed about forty five seconds of, of Pete and and Rick flexing uh, on screen. So go check that out on YouTube, or or don't. I would advise you. Uh, it's up to you. <laughs> anyway, I would I wouldn't if I were you. I wouldn't. And Ryan, keep your long sleeves on so we can get started. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to see what happens when these things come come out. Oh gosh, this is already off the rails. Uh we're continuing. Pete's here, by the way, because we're continuing our division-by-division division look at how each team did in the draft. And Pete's here because we're talking AFC South and NFC South. And as I mentioned, Pete 
is the unofficial mayor of Jacksonville, maybe the official mayor, depending on who you ask. Pete, how long did you live in Jacksonville? 30 years. Oh, gosh. So it's 30 the years. place I lived in my, in my life, 30 years, yeah. Yeah, because you grew up. And I born. am the mayor because the, the real mayor actually said that. He sent out a tweet when I took a picture with him at Baselli's Hall of Fame thing, and he said, I'm with the mayor of Jacksonville, so I'm yeah. the mayor. There you go. So Pete is actually the mayor, the official mayor. Um, so anyway, we're talking uh, AFC South, NFC South. We'll look at the, the players that were drafted, the grades that Pete gave them after the draft. We'll get Rick's comments as well. And uh, by the way, if you missed it, on Monday, Rick and I talked to Lijay Duzable because we did AFC East and NFC East. And uh, you can check that out in the feed. Finally, you can watch us live on YouTube at NFL on CBS. Give us a thumbs up. Like us. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera. All right, let's get to it. One right. quick thing before we start. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the next time I'm on with you guys, can we have Rick host? I just want to be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rick likes that more I than you. That's a supporting actor. <laughs> hey, so Pete, you've been covering the league 30-plus years officially uh, when you weren't taking care of your mayoral duties. Uh, the schedule release is coming out to, today as we, as we talk about this. There's a whole show about it tonight. Um going to be live although most of the games have leaked out by then how has the uh the scheduling was scheduling even a thing 20 years ago do you want to care about no. the schedule coming out no the teams cared about it and uh nobody else did but, so, you know you know what you know though i think it's become such a big thing where people plan their lives around these schedules now <laughs> i mean they do they do no, they do they really do and you look at it, and you, like, I remember when I used to go to games, I'd say, okay, well, I'll be here week one, I'll be here week two, I'll be there week three, I'll, you know, and then we'll figure it out after that. But you kind of knew what you were doing. Um, so, yeah, I do, and travel and, and and people planning trips and away trips. I think I think it's it's such become such a big part of it that I think the NFL realized that. Now they just make it, I mean, little bits and pieces and all the time. They just leak them out now just to keep the news. The NFL is great at keeping the league in the news. You know that. Unbelievable. So, Rick, did you care as a GM about the schedule? Were you lobbying to have certain games at certain times, or would you rather have a home game late or early? Any of those things cross your mind? Yeah, no. Actually, teams have the ability to put in requests, whether they grant those requests or not. Um, so, for example, one year we had Seattle. We, when we were in Miami, we had Seattle and San Francisco. So that's a, about a six-hour flight over that way. So we requested if we were both uh, we're going to play both those teams on the road, that can we play them back to back? So we flew out to Seattle, uh, played them, stayed down in San Francisco, trained that week, and then came back. You also look at how many uh, of your openers have been home or away. We had like four away games. Uh, in a row on the home op on the opener opening weekend. So we tried to like request, can we get at least a home game to open up? So teams put in a lot of those uh, requests, whether they're granted or not, a West Coast team may be going overseas, may want to play on the East Coast before they hop and then go over to London or now Germany. So teams do put in requests, whether they're granted or not, but they do listen. Do you I see me what, what, real quick, Ryan? I think one of the things that I've always come to believe is that one of the most overrated things in the entire scheduling thing is strength of schedule, because we know the way the NFL is from year to year. It changes. And you look at it on the surface before the season. You say this is going to be a tough game. That's going to be a tough game. This is going to be an easy game. And then you look by the end of the year and a lot of that is flipped. So I think we get a little caught up in it. What I do look for is this and you know rick knows this back-to-back -back road games yeah and if you have a back-to-back-to-back -back -back road game because some teams get caught in that three in a row 
on the road, which is absolutely brutal to navigate. And I look for things like that. But as far as strength of schedule, give me a break. I mean, it changes from year to year so much. It never used to. And that's the difference now between the schedule. We used to know the power teams going in every year. They're going to be pretty much, we know they're going to be 12 win, 11 win team. You don't know that anymore. I mean, you have an idea, but you have no, it flips so many teams change from year to year that it's hard to really analyze the schedule, I think, anyways. And I believe it's a maximum that they can give you three road games in a row. I don't think you can have four road yes. games in a row. Could you imagine if you had to go four in a row on the road? No, and the other thing that's going to be new this year is the uh, you could have multiple Thursday night games. Ugh. And hopefully if you're a multiple Thursday night game team that you have a short week, but then the following week you play on a Thursday so you have some kind of normal week, and then it's like a mini buy after that second Thursday night game because you get the weekend off. Have you ever had a schedule come out that you hated so much that you called someone at the NFL and yelled and screamed at them? Uh, yeah, no, we, 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 every team complains about their schedule. There's not one team that, boy, this is a great schedule. I'm happy with it. <laughs> no one's happy with their schedule once they get it. We actually used a video board and we, it's now a production with a team. So, uh, we would, uh, kind of like on this show pretend and I would be like taking a phone call from Mike North or Howard Katz and just say, okay, we're opening week one in San Francisco on Monday night. So we had a big production on someone putting it on the board. And then we actually went through the whole schedule. And then, so it like, was like your whole career, you were acting like a GM. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now I'm acting like a, uh, I don't know what I am, but I'm acting it. <laughs> Look at Ryan's face. He just cringes when I make the Rick Spielman joke. Oh, God, these two. These and, two and, cool. and I'm sure Pete Frisco's power rankings, preseason power rankings, uh, will be as good as his preseason uh, pre-draft uh, rankings. Well, uh, good. I didn't do any rankings. <laughs> We did Rick won't admit it, but we did brag on you with the Liget Doosable podcast on Monday about the the Converse, the Bernard Jarek Converse. I think that's his name, Jarek Bernard Converse. Oh, he's the only he's the only one you give me credit for. That's that's it. the only the, yeah. the yeah. cornerback out of LSU went to the Jets. That's the only one you get credit for. And by the way, if you love hearing these two guys go at each other, they're going to be on the road at the end of the month, Pete. Uh, beginning of June. Beginning of June, they're going to OTAs or mini camps. So you can catch that on CBS Sports HQ. And then training camp. Let's not forget it. It's right around the corner. We'll be at training camp, too. And by the way, just so you guys know, put in a good word. Debo said he wants to produce on the road with you guys. So if you get him on the road, because he loves traveling and listening to you two go at it. That's and, and Ryan, Pete got more access, just like I got you more access when we went to all the pro days. I give Pete more access than he ever had for uh, Debo. Did, did you thank him for that, Pete? He, well, A, he didn't. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> come on. All right, let's get to it. Let's start with the AFC South. Pete's bread and butter. Uh, Debo asked you to to email us your grades. You told Debo to go uh, beat it, to go read your 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 story on CBS. I mean, they're Sports. everywhere. The only thing you do is go go find them. So if you want to see Pete's grades for every single first round pick, those are on CBSSports.com. You can send your angry tweets at Prisco CBS. He eagerly awaits those. But let's start with the Texans. The team that actually they end up did get getting a quarterback and number two traded back up number three to get Will Anderson. Let me go through these picks really quickly. You can see them on YouTube if you're watching. And just so it's clear, the first round grades on YouTube were Prisco's grades in real time, and the rest of the grades don't uh, pin those on me. <laughs> the rest of the grades after round one were Chris Trapasso, <laughs> our NFL draft analyst. So if you're watching on on YouTube, those grades 
correspond to in real time during draft weekend what the grades were. And then Pete's going to go over his grades here. So the Texans, they had a ton of picks. They had nine picks. I'll go through them quickly here. Took C.J. Stroud, the quarterback, in the first round, along with Will Anderson. Then they got Juice Scruggs in the second round, center out of Penn State. I think that was a little early for all of us. Uh, Tank Dell, the the small wide receiver slash returner, went in the third round out of Houston. Dylan Horton, who I thought was grossly overdrafted, but we can talk about that. The Edge Rush out of TCU went in round four. Henry Toa Toa, Rick Sky out of Alabama, um, one of the best guys we talked to at the Combine, too, in terms of personality. Jared Patterson. The center out of Notre Dame went in the sixth round. Xavier Hutchinson, Rick's other guy, who he lost a dollar bet on. Uh, wide receiver out of Iowa State went late in round six. And then finally, Brandon Hill, the safety out of Pittsburgh, went in round um, seven. Pete, I guess to start at the top with the quarterback, were you okay with him taking C.J. Stroud there? I'm okay with taking him. I would have taken Levis, but you guys know that. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't, I, I, why would I? It's going to play out in three, three years. And by the way, I'm going back and regrading my uh, 2020 draft grades and the draft right now and dare i say this nah yeah i'll say it i have a line in there where i rave about rick spielman when i went back in my grades well he took justin jefferson i mean he got to give him he credit. had a good draft he had a really good draft i give him credit for that so um but it wasn't as good looking back in hindsight the grade i gave him the day of the draft it wasn't the draft wasn't nearly as good as i thought it would be it was overall draft no, it wasn't. It was slightly worse, but it was the, close. The overall depth of the draft, you mean? Yeah, he had, he had a ton of picks. I mean, he had like, I think he had 14, 13 picks in that draft or something. 17. Yeah, it was crazy. And so, how many starters are on the Vikings right now, Rick? You don't grade based on starters. So that's, I do. Yeah, well, that's wrong <laughs> because when you get rounds four through seven. No, no, well, I'll, give big, you, I'll give you those rounds, but I'm saying how many starters from that draft are on, on the Vikings? I can't remember who we drafted. We I'll tell you Jefferson and Cleveland in the first two rounds. So there's two. Yep. Cam Dantzler. He's now in Washington, I believe not there. And then that, those are only, and you had Jeff Gladden who passed away. Unfortunately, obviously those are the four. Well, days. He was gone. He had, he had waived him anyways. Yeah. He got, he got some off field stuff, but the right. first four players um, you mentioned, those guys were all day one, day two, and you, you can watch You can see it on YouTube here. And then the rest are day three guys. So DJ Wanham, but KJ Osborne's a great pick. Yeah. And then he did get a lot of depth on that defense. Like, Metellus is there. Brendel is a backup tackle. Troy Dye is a backup. Lynch is a backup. Uh, so, yeah, you got a lot of depth. I mean, it wasn't it, – it just – it would have been a great draft, I think, if Gladney had worked out, let's be honest, and, and God rest his soul. But that was – hey, quick click on the pin. You're driving Debo crazy. That's you definitely, Pete. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, it used to be Rick, but Rick knows Rick knows how television works. So he's got he's got no he's got a squishy ball. I got my squeeze ball. And by the way, Rick, I believe this was the draft, the COVID draft, where you tried to get as many day three picks as possible, right? I didn't know how free agency was going to work <laughs> after the draft, so we kept <laughs> let's just get as many draft picks as we can, then we don't have to sit there and try to zoom guys coming into the building and and doing that. So that was part of the reason they had so many picks late, Pete. Yeah, I mean, look, it was a good draft. It's just it, when I first saw it, when I did it, I gave it like an A, A plus. It's not an A, A plus draft anymore. That's an A. Justin Jefferson is pretty good. <laughs> okay. But you also don't have the, the other first round pick that you traded back into the first round to get, right? That's what you did. Okay. So let's go back to the Texans. We can revisit this in the okay. We got Look, Rick's getting all perplexed. I got them all perplexed. Out of uh, you got them all fired up. <laughs> And just so we're clear, the overall grade that you gave the Texans, if you read it on the website or if you're listening here, Pete gave the Texans a B for this draft. You mentioned C.J. Stroud. You've taken Will Anderson. 
over CJ. Let me just ask Rick quickly. Rick, on any planet, are you taking Will Levis over CJ Stroud here? Uh, I don't know. Uh, not on Earth. <laughs> well, you wouldn't, but I would. So that's why I pinged it. And, and I understand taking a I'm okay taking a quarterback. He had to take one. I mean, he had to pick one and take it. I, so you're by the okay. way, yeah, I'm okay with Stroud. So you, I, I, had, I was going to say, you graded the Will Anderson pick a B minus. In the moment, they gave up way too much to go get him. I don't think he's Von Miller. I mean, well, that's what I was going to ask you. It feels like a B minus is, is kind of high if they gave up all they gave up to get back up to three to get Will Anderson. I mean, I think he's going to be a good player. I just okay. don't think he's going to be the dynamic edge rusher that they expect him to be. He's going okay. to be an eight, eight to ten sack guy. He's never. I don't think he's ever going to be a 15, 16, 17, 18 sack guy. That's yeah, just that's, big. That's a lot of sacks. And, I mean, and they get, gave, if you get sacks, if you get ten sacks a year, that's pretty good. That's Hall of Fame numbers if you play ten years. Well, that's, that's eight, eight. If he gets eight, he's getting eighty. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Rick, I just think they give up too much to go get him. They I, gave I, up a lot for a non-quarterback. Yeah, but they had a lot of draft capital too. And so just go waste it. Yeah, I don't know if it was the the uh, Miko Ryan's and the connection with Alabama with Will Anderson. If that had some something to do with it, but what will unfold is when we see where that first round pick is next year and if it's in the uh we talked about this earlier if it's in that top five range and arizona has two top five picks then you're going to be questioned mm. i would agree with pete on that mm. yeah and then they were going to have the caleb williams slash marvin harrison jr conversation which i can't wait for um all right give me a couple other names here that the texans that you liked or maybe you didn't like overdrafted underdrafted pete i you know you guys know i love tank dell I think that's, I think he's going to be a big time player. If he, so if he let me two, ask you, you know, we early... always talk about Bryce Young. If he's two inches taller, he's a slam dunk number yeah. one. He was number one anyways, but he'd be a generational. If this kid was three inches taller, he'd be generational. That's but early, good, I think early third be. round pick is not too early for you for tank. No, no. Okay. I, I think he's going to be a big time productive player for a long time and he can return punts. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's important. So no, he's incredible. I love tough. that pick. Part, the rest part of the draft. Of... What's yeah, that, part of our draft process for these small guys that are dynamic like him, we had an area that we called special category or special cats that were going to be slot punt returners or nickel players that aren't going to be starters, but they can play at a really high level in their role. And he would fit ideally. And we had all those guys targeted in a third round guys like tank Dow. So I thought they got great value here. Okay. Because I thought typically these guys ended up going early day three when you get to be this smallish. But Marvin Mims went earlier. Uh, Josh Downs went earlier. Darius Davis got drafted. He didn't go day two, but he got drafted earlier than I thought. He's another smallish guy. So, yeah, no, I get it. Any other name you want to mention? The way the game has changed has made these guys even more appealing. You know, years ago you would have said, "Ah, you know, I can't deal with this. They'll beat them up. They'll mug them and everything else. Well, now with the spread offenses and the ability to – to get him in space, I think that's where the value comes in. I think that's why their value has gone up, which is why I look for guys like this, actually. Speed kills. You can only have so much of it. I mean, my gosh, there's only so – it's like there's only so many big people in the world who can play offensive line. There's only so many people who can run like that, and I think that's important. Plus, he's he, a great route runner. He's tough, and he's a, comes from a, he's a wrestler, comes from a big family, and um, he's not like sleight of frame either. Any other name you want to mention out of the, the Texas draft that got your eye? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't love the rest of their draft. I'll be honest with you. I okay. thought. I think you know. I didn't love the linebacker from Alabama. 
Uh, Patterson, to me, in that round, it's okay. I think at times yeah. he really struggled. And, and then Hutchinson's interesting because he was a productive player for a long time there. I mean, uh, he's a Jacksonville kid, by the way. I've watched his career closely. Um, I just don't know if he runs all that well. That's my concern with him. And then the Hill, the safety, I really wanted to like him. I liked him a little bit, but I didn't. I, something was off with him, and I couldn't figure out what it was. But I like taking guys like that in the seventh round. He can do a lot of things, and I think that's that's the kind of guy you take in the seventh round. Rick, do you want to apologize to me about Xavier Hutchinson versus Michael Wilson yet, or you're not ready to do that? Oh, let's see. Like as Pete says, well, let's judge in three years, and we'll re- <laughs> regrade the grade. Okay, we'll, we'll wait. <laughs> you have to wait three years. <laughs> well, through the draft process, I was talking about my guy Michael Wilson out of Stanford, and, and Rick didn't want to hear it. And then the old Senior Bowl happened. And then the old draft happened. He went in the third round somehow, which is way higher than I thought. All Shocking. Right. Rick Rick can't admit he's wrong. Is that, is, are you, is that what you're saying? That's he exactly, never admits he's wrong. That's exactly what no, I'm I did it. No, I did it. No, I did it. No, I did it. That's like his middle name. I, no, I did. I was a huge Hutchinson fan when I watched him because I thought that the guy was a playmaker and that speed is a question. He reminded me a little of Dobbs to be honest with you, when I uh, had talked in the past because of his ability to go adjust to torque his frame to go up and get the ball. So it'll be interesting to see Who how that – Dobbs, the, the Green Bay. Romeo, oh, Romeo. Romeo Dobbs. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. out, of, out of Nevada. No, that would that would be a that would be great if that's who he ends up being for Houston because they certainly need playmakers. I think right. he's a good player. I just worry yeah. about that speed a little bit. That's all. I was more concerned about the focus drops, but again, you know – you. To be fair, three years, what you are now doesn't mean what you're going to be in three years. All right, let's go to the Colts, who you also gave a B to. Surprised you didn't give an F for passing on your guy, Will Levis. So no, I, I understand the Richardson pick. I, okay. I get it. I, 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 I think there was a real split in that building from what mm-hmm. I heard. In fact, by the way, I heard the Texans were strongly considering Levis, too, at one point, strongly. Um, so there was splits in, in those November. buildings. No. I, I'm, I heard I'm the same you. thing about Indianapolis. I didn't hear that about yeah. Houston, but that doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah, and, and so I think Richardson makes sense for them. I would have taken Levis. That's why I gave it a B. Uh, Brent's, to me, fits with what Gus Bradley wants to do. He's hey, Pete, let me Bradley. go through the picks real quick for people that are okay. listening, and then you can you can give me. Okay. So, right, they took Anthony Richardson fourth overall, which was a surprise in real time. That was fun. Julius Brent's, you just mentioned, the cornerback out of Kansas State. Another guy that I liked that Rick was giving me a hard time about in the fall. I don't know yet if he's coming around on. We just talked about Josh Downs, the wide receiver at UNC that took him in round three. Blake Freeland, another guy that I love, but it just needs to gain weight. Uh, he went early in round four. And it feels like the, the Colts love these skinny uh, offensive tackles. Last year, they took Bernard Raymond as well. Then they took Tommy Adebare in the early in the fourth. He went much later than folks thought. The edge rusher at Northwestern. Darius Rush, a guy that we all loved throughout the draft process. He, he uh, as we like to say, made himself a lot of money at the Senior Bowl and then ran in the four threes. Fifth-round cornerback out of South Carolina. Played opposite uh, Cam uh, Cam Smith during the season. Daniel Scott, Rick Sky, the safety out of California, went late round five. Will Mallory, the tight end out of Miami. Um, I don't know. I'd like to have seen more out of him, but I think he has some upside there. Late round five. Evan Hull, running back out of Northwestern. He was the offense at Northwestern late round five as well. Titus Leo, linebacker out of Wagner. And then Jalen Jones went in the seventh round. I thought he was going to much higher than that cornerback out of Texas A&M. Go ahead. What do you got, Pete? No, I, I look. I their draft was solid. I just it, it didn't wow me. I mean, uh, if again though, it, it none of it will matter if Richardson's a major hit because yep. you go back in, in a in a decade and say, oh well, that draft it got some good players, but they got Richardson. So all that matters in this draft is whether he's that good. 
Um, and and look, he's got. We all said he had the talent. He's the, the raw talent is there, and if he can, if it translates, he's going to be a big time player. They're going to build that offense around him. So I get it. Uh, Brent's I think fits exactly what Gus Bradley wants to do. Big corner plays off, play cover three. I think that makes sense. I didn't love downs like a lot of people did, but I get the pick. Uh, Freeland, you know, look, he takes swings at offensive linemen. If he gets another twenty pounds on him, he's going to be a good player because he can he can anchor. I think he can. He's good in pass protection. Uh, the kid from Northwestern was interesting. Where's he play? That was yeah. always my concern with him. Where's he play? Um, so I think and Rush is. I think Rush. They might have stole Rush. Uh, that kid was a better player than people gave him credit for. You know, they, they raved, everybody raved about the other corner, but I think this this kid's right there with him. So it was a good, solid draft. But again, it'll all be defined by Richardson. If he's a star, great draft. If he's not, then it's it's a bad draft. So you gave the Colts a B overall. Rick, anything that sticks out to you about Pete's no, or- It's a Chris Ballard draft because they're high-character guys, all of them, as you go yeah. down there through. There's no knuckleheads in that draft. And <laughs> – he got great value where he got some of these guys. Like to get Rush in the fifth round was great value. To get Scott in the fifth round was great value. They needed help in the secondary. Uh, you know, everybody was talking about uh, Tommy at Abarwa, uh, maybe being as high as a second round or, or sneaking in there at the bottom of the first. So to get him in a fourth was great value. Uh, so I thought every one of their picks were great value picks. And if really you can tell the personalities, uh, general managers and Chris Ballard sets his board and then you can see he got good players at great value throughout this draft. Yeah, no, I thought it was a pretty good draft. Uh, Julius Prince, by the way, is an indie kid. He gets to come home and um, play for the Colts. That's going to be interesting to watch. And again, he picks a lot of, he picks a lot of um, guys that people know too. You know what I mean? That, and, and I, and I say that because I go back and I'm regrading his, his 2020 draft. And the Colts had a good draft that year, but this goes all, it all goes back to what we said about Anthony Richardson. If you don't solve that position, I don't care what you have around that, that team. You're not going to win. I mean, that year they picked Jonathan Taylor. They traded for the the first round pick for DeForest Buckner. They drafted Michael, they drafted Michael Pittman. They drafted the safety, um, you know, Blackman who starts, they drafted the other corner, Isaiah Rogers, who starts. He had a good draft. Did it matter? Didn't matter because he didn't have a quarterback. quarterback. So it all comes down to Richardson. Let me ask you, we'll take a break, but let me ask you quickly, who's going to, three years from now, who's who's better, Anthony Richardson in his situation or Will Levis in his situation in Tennessee? Well, I mean, if if Mike Rabel's still the head coach, Will Levis is going to turn and hand the ball off 60,000 times. <laughs> so it's hard to evaluate that. So what's your answer? Uh, I would probably lean to Will Levis if he if they do it the right way. What do you think, Rick? With Shane Absolutely, Stiker. Anthony Richardson. Okay. No, no, hands down. So wait, so you have no issue at all with the inconsistency that Anthony Richardson showed at Florida? At I all. think he's giving you a hard time. Be my no, guess. I'm not. I'm actually oh, you think so? serious about it. I actually, oh, okay. I actually, be honest with you, I think both situations are good for both of them. To be honest with you. Yeah. No, I think that's right. Well, but, but again, we got to factor in one of those top four quarterbacks will be a bust, a major bust. Just the history of it. That's at least the one. reality of it. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and do the rest of the teams in the AFC South. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. I'll ask you quickly, uh, Pete. Do you have Paramount Plus? <laughs> I was going to ask oh, Pete that. I can't wait to watch that show. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Sly? Come so on. If you're, if you're listening, it. it was a commercial for Paramount Plus, uh, the uh, Sylvester Stallone reality show with his family. I, I asked you that, Pete, because uh, the only person on planet Earth who works for us and doesn't have Paramount Plus is Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have your passcode? No, you cannot. <laughs> um, all right. Let's keep on keeping on here. We mentioned the Titans before the break, and Will Levis, let's go to the Titans now and look at that entire draft. They only had five picks, if I'm counting correctly. Peter Skoronsky went 11th uh, overall, the off-tackle slash guard, <laughs> unless you're asking me, from Northwestern. Day one starter. And then they traded up to the top of the second round right after the Steelers picked uh, Joy Porter Jr. and took Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. Pete, you mentioned it. that There was a real opportunity for him to go fourth overall. Uh, it was between him and Anthony. Anthony Richardson went forth, so he ended up sliding. Will Levis did, not because he's not necessarily first-round pick, just because there were teams that didn't, didn't need a quarterback. Uh, then in the third round, Ty J. Spears, a running back out of Tulane. I love him if he's healthy. Uh, a nice um, compliment to what Derrick Henry does, a completely different type player. Josh Wiley, the tight end out of Cincinnati, went in the fifth round, and then with their final pick, Jalen Duncan, the probably the most athletic offensive lineman in, in, in the draft, one of. Fell to round six because of some maturity issues out of Maryland. He could be really good, or he could be out of football in two weeks. We don't know. Hopefully it works out for him. Uh, what did you like about this draft, Pete? I guess you can start with your guy, Will Levis. Well, no, I'll start with Skaronsky because I think okay. that's a good pick for the Titans because you know where he's going to play, Ryan. Where's he playing? He's playing inside. Okay. And and he was always playing inside, even though you were too stubborn to, to realize it. I just liked him inside. Me and Rick on it the whole process. <laughs> we all, we always said, I don't know if Rick said it actually, but I always said he was a guard. I think he's going to be a, I think he's going to be an all pro guard. I really do. I think he, that's how good he could be. It fits with what they want to do. He's a mauler. He's physical. He's tough. Um, I like the pick. Uh, I look Levis was my, I think that was a great spot for him. It's a perfect opportunity. You don't have to throw him right in there. You can wait, uh, you know, even a month and a half if, if Tannehill's not playing well and you put him in there. So I like it. I think it's a great situation for Will Levis. Uh, again, Mike Vrabel, you know, will like to run the football, but eventually you got to get with the times. Eventually you have to throw the football. So I think these next two picks might be a little indicator that they're going to open things up a little bit more because you have to. Well, Tyson's you get running Levis. Back. Huh? What do you mean with how's Taj Spears make- can catch the ball? I think Spears is going to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Okay. Factor, right. and, and so I I think that helps open up the concern with Spears is you heard the knee injury, and so we don't know where that is. But if he's healthy, that's a it's a nice pick. It's a luxury pick of a little bit though for the Titans, or are we are we seeing the start of bye bye Derrick Henry after this season? That's, Pete, that's I'll ask, impossible. Yeah, I'll ask you a question because they're going to have to run the ball all year. 
besides Burks, can you even name a receiver on there? I had to go yeah. back and look. I couldn't name yeah. a receiver on their roster. Besides Is uh, Akina, Akina, what's his name on there? Westbrook. Westbrook Akina, is he on there, Rick? Yeah. That's the only yeah. one I can think of. Yeah, I read mean. The, read the rest of them. Go ahead. I want to. Uh, Kyle Phillips. Oh, God. That's a little kid from, that's a little kid from UCLA. Had a good try. Yeah. Place. Gracie McMath. Oh, LSU. Gracie McMath. That's Special good. teamer. Yeah. They signed Chris Moore, uh, who was a, from, from the Texans. Texans. And then that's it. That's oh, not a good group. Agents. Oh, my God. Yeah, they got to get, they got to get another one. That's but, why they're running why, the ball. But, but, that's, but when you look at it, though, that's why maybe that's a luxury pick at three. You know, could have picked the back. I mean, could have picked the wide receiver there. So, Rick, right? let me ask you this, though. So, if you, when we do, we did the old cluster podcast prior to the draft. And if your cluster has Tajay Spears ahead of whoever the wide receiver is, you're still taking Tajay Spears, even though you have two guys on the roster that can catch the football? Yeah. Well, if he's a, in the category up, you're taking the best player because you okay. don't want to reach. But I would bet that if you develop the draft board and clusters and what receivers were there in the third round, there were some receivers around where Taji Spears went and maybe lean that way. Cause like I said, if you're going to get out in the 1970s, when Pete started covering <laughs> the NFL, uh, to Pete. <laughs> that you need to start getting some weapons for Will Levis. And maybe that's the grand scheme of things down the road, but right now they don't have anyone. But you look at it, they drafted a guard in the first round, and they came back and drafted the Duncan kid who, like you mentioned, has a lot of talent and just needs to focus on playing football, I think, better. But you look at those two guys, what happened to that team last year? Their offensive line was a disaster because they had so many injuries up front. I mean, so many. And so I think they want to pick guys on the offensive line maybe, and particularly Skaronsky, to kind of get back to their – at least for this year, get back to who they were. And who they were is pounding the football with Henry. So I think you look at this, This the two in the, the two second and third round picks might be a picks for the future. But I think when you look at it, what they want to do is they got to be better on the offensive line. That thing was terrible last year. Their best offensive line was probably the left guard. And he's, I think he's, he's my got, size. Yeah. Huh? And Nate Davis, they, they lost in uh, free agency. And he was hurt last year, and they lost They lost the left tackle. I mean, they had all kinds of injuries. Their ben Jones is out now. I mean, they're moving Stinney to center, right? He's going to play center for him now. So here, here's what or happened. Brewer, I'm sorry, not Stinney, Brewer. Aaron Brewer. So here's what I think happened. So 81st overall pick is when they took Ty J. Spears. Again, we all like him. We're just trying to do the math here in the wide receivers. Uh, two picks before, Josh Downs went. A handful of picks before that, Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman went. And then a, a three or four picks before that, Tank Dell went. And then you look at the next wide receiver drafted after 81. You have to go 13 picks later. My guy, Michael Wilson, he's available. So let me ask you this, Rick. You can take Ty J at 81. Are these the wide receivers available that you can consider? Michael Wilson, Trey Tucker, another smallish wide receiver. Darius Davis, who's even smaller. Charlie Jones, Tyler Scott. Any of those guys you take them before Ty J? I would have took Spears. Rick, I mean, I, I hate. Yeah, I probably would have taken Spears, too. So maybe I mean, that's the math they were doing. They just missed out on Tillman and, and Hyatt. And after that, and they, could, like, and they had moved up to go get Levis, so they couldn't go give up more picks to move right. up. So, yeah, so, I, I, I get it. I get yeah. it. So, okay. By the way, don't they on the depth chart you have, Rick, don't, aren't they moving Brewer to center? Yeah, they got Aaron Brewer at center. They got yeah. Skaronsky penciled in at left guard. Uh, D- Dillard, who they signed from – a left tackle, Philly. what, 
left Petit tackle. Petit Ferrer at right tackle. And, yeah. and Brunskill. And Daniel, who they kept from the 49ers at guard. They want to get back to being stronger up front. They were bad last year. Okay, well. Bad. And, and so they had no the- had no real options of wide receiver. Hey, Rick, I'll ask you quickly before we move on here. Jalen Duncan, we saw him at the Senior Bowl, played left tackle in college, struggled at right tackle during the week. Great athlete, maturity issues or whatever. What conversations are you having before, during, and after when you take this guy in the sixth round? Well, you better understand everything that's coming into the building. And where I made my mistakes, Pete, I am. Admitting I did make a few mistakes, <laughs> thirty plus wow. years running. Thank you. Office. Cut and clip this. <laughs> is that guys with this much talent and athletic skill set is an underachiever because he should have been with his skill set and if he loved ball and he played hard all the time and he was more competitive, he probably would have went first second round. Yeah, because no, he right. was one of the best left tackle athletes out there. It's just can you change a guy if he doesn't love the game can you change him to love the game and i don't think you can it's okay to take a swing on him where they did yeah because maybe he's an exception to the rule but for the most part you can fall in love with the the athlete but if they don't love to play the game especially in the trenches you you have to have a different mentality to really want to play in there they end up uh not not being very good football players and eventually or, or he gets or he gets a little taste of the money lifestyle and he gets some veterans around them and 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 you know he realizes yeah Rick people I know your little psychological tests don't always say it but people change. <laughs> they don't are you the change. same are you the same knucklehead you were when you were 22? Yes, you you put that out on Twitter that me and my brother were the same knuckleheads. <laughs> we Meatheads. Meatheads. <laughs> All right, no, we'll change, Pete. You should know that. We'll keep an eye on uh, Jalen Duncan and and see how he progresses, and you know, hopefully, it works out for him. All right, let's go to Pete's favorite team ever, Rick. Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh you know, who- one one quick thing when we went, yeah. that was my first training camp ever, and I was with the great Pete Prisco, the mayor. You know, mm-hmm. the wore his teal golf shirt to practice. <laughs> no, I didn't. And, and which is a whole nother controversial uh, move by Pete. It was green. But when we showed up, I showed up early to help Dane do the equipment. Pete's like the star that comes in after everything's set up. He doesn't but do Pete equipment. could not find where Jacksonville practiced. And he lived there for 30 years. What? No. And he was not late. true. Yeah, no, you, not true. Not I was, a, a, I wasn't late. Rick was anal Rick, and he was like uh, 40 minutes early because yeah. he get nervous of, uh, over everything. You know that, Ryan. You that know how out. he is. I, uh, and good. then, B, I, the, the field they practiced on last year because they're building a new practice facility was a new one. They said it was at Bishop Kenny uh, – or, no, Episcopal High School, and it's actually their field is down the road from Episcopal High School because they built it. So there's a lot of things at play there. To answer your question, no, I was not late. A, I always help Dane, unlike some people. Uh, Rick does too, by the way. So he does. We'll give him that. Yeah, Rick we, does no, help. We, always, we always help Dane. He's our guy. And then uh, C, Rick was 45 minutes early because he was nervous. So no. you know that. That's true. That, that is I, was the ma- I was the mayor, and I am the mayor. You are yeah. the mayor. And that's why he wears his teal every time we go and there. It was green. 
And I hope you wear that same shirt if we go there for OTAs. From all the abuse I got last year, I will not. (laughs) All right, so the Jaguars had nine picks. I'll go through them really quickly here. At uh, the bottom of the first round, they took Anton Harrison, my guy out of Oklahoma, the off the tackle. Um, And then in round two, they got Brenton Strange, the tight end out of Penn State, who is really athletic. I know Pete has some thoughts about why they took him. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Tank Bixby, the running back out of Auburn, went in round three. Next round, Venturell Miller, the linebacker out of Florida. Rick and I saw him at the Florida Pro Day. He didn't work out. Uh, he battled a toe injury throughout the year, we later found out. Uh, later in the fourth round, Tyler Lacey, defensive lineman at Oklahoma State. And then in round five, Pete Sky, Yasir Abdullah, the edge rusher at Louisville, weighs in the 230s but plays much bigger than that, twitched-up guy. Uh, and then later in round five, God, I don't know how this guy's here, Antonio Johnson, the safety out of Texas A&M. He felt like a top 50 guy to me all season long. The teams felt differently. Parker Washington around six, the wide receiver at Penn State, never ran, so we have no idea how fast he is on in the time situation. He he looked plenty fast on tape. And then finally, uh, Christian Braswell, the cornerback out of Rutgers. I think we all liked him. We all liked his teammate as well. That um, Pete, was that you turned us on to Izian, his teammate, the safety? I did. I, that Rick, was Rick me. Did. Rick, Rick did. Okay. Did. Yeah, that was a good player, yeah, too. He I was signed his you guys out again. He, he, wasn't drafted. he wasn't drafted. He signed his undrafted free agent, but he's a good he's a good player. All right. Um start wherever you and want. And by he, the way, the, the kid the, the kid that you didn't mention there, that Boshek kid, I went back and watched his tape. He does some pretty good things. He did some good things against Patterson at Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Defensive lineman out of UNC. Sorry. Yeah. I missed him on yeah. my list. I mean, that's okay. a flyer. But I'll go down through some of these picks. Uh, look, I like what they did with Harrison. You had to get an offensive lineman. I, I thought all along it was going to be an offensive lineman. I still think if Torrance had checked out all the way, um, you know, from a bunch of different reasons, he would have been the pick. But as it turned out, Harrison was the pick. He was going to be the pick if they stayed there. So he did a good job, Trent Balky, of moving down and getting extra picks. Osiris, uh, like Torrance, he, Osiris Torrance, the interior offensive the, lineman out of Florida. Yeah, they were getting an offensive lineman all the way. I told you that when we went to the owners' meetings, Ryan, that, that was that's what they were taking. I was told that was going to be the issue. They want to get better on offense. Then you come back. And you take Strange. I didn't love him as a player. I get it because they want to get better physically at the point of. He's going to be good. He can block, man. He can block. Well, but you don't draft a tight end in the second round because he can block. Do you see? I don't see a ton of suddenness out of him in the passing. Ooh, that I was my I think, he, I think he'd be better. He didn't yeah. play a lot. No, I, I watched his tape. I didn't. I, I always can, I want to see a guy who can run and play suddenly, and I don't think, see that. I think he's going to be help them from a run game standpoint. So I get it. I didn't like the Bigsby, Bigsby pick at all. I think Bigsby's a good player, but I didn't love the pick in the third round. But particularly when they have – they signed Dearness De- Johnson. They just got him. Uh, yeah. He can run the ball. They drafted Snoop Connor last year. I mean, he wasn't great, but he's in his second year. So I, I didn't like the Bigsby pick. I would have waited down the road and maybe taken uh, a running back later on. Ventrell Miller is a good player, but they drafted – they signed a Luicon last year. They draft moved up. They got Lloyd. Then they moved back into the first round to get Lloyd. Then they drafted Muma. Well, how many of those guys do you need? Unless, <laughs> and they haven't said this. At least there four. Is some, there is some talk that they're going to move Walker more to a down spot and maybe play Lloyd rushing the passer. Standing What's that up big enough? Well, he's 235. He can easily be 245. Okay. So, I, I mean, how many of those guys does – I mean, I know Trent Baalke loves line. He's got to like a linebacker infatuation. I, I even said to him, I go, we joke – you know, because I joke about it. I go, oh, just going to draft another linebacker. Now, Aluakon will be gone after next year, no matter what happens. For salary cap reasons, he's going to be gone. 
So I get it. You get another one, but I, I wouldn't have taken that there. The lazy kid, the more I watched him, he's interesting. He's a pretty good player when you go back and watch him. Uh, I loved Abdullah. I think that's a great pick for them. And I love Johnson. You know what I really like, though? I love the Abdullah picks and I love the Johnson picks. And Chris Trapasso gave him C plus grades. So I know they were good picks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kidding, Chris. <laughs> Let me ask you about Parker Washington, Rick, because he didn't run at the combine or his pro day. We all saw the same tape. He looked fast enough. How important is it to get a time on a kid? Yeah, it, it's important for him. And he probably fell because there wasn't a time on him. But this kid's built like a running back. Uh, he's going to be a slot receiver. I wouldn't be surprised if they use him some from the running back position as far as in the uh, passing game and try to create mismatches with him because I did talk to a few teams that actually saw him as a potential third down back because he is uh, how thickly he is built, especially through his lower. So I, th this is kind of, and Pete, you may disagree, a Trent bulky draft too because he likes to get these athletic guys and regardless of position, he likes to try to create as much pass rushers, collect pass rushers as many as he can. And he loves the athletes. And he always, I think his philosophy is if I can get the athletes and hopefully the coaches can develop them. And, and he's not I gonna draft little, little guys at spots, by the way. He's not gonna draft that's another one of his things. He yeah. likes the big guys. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Strange you is you disagree with me on what? Strange. I think Strange you is think a good football player. He didn't line up a as a player. He didn't line up as a Y though. He lined up he, kind of an H. They moved him around. And I think he's more athletic than you're giving him credit for in a passing game. And I think they mm -hmm. drafted him because of Ingram being a franchise. On a and maybe deal. Yeah, on a one-year well, deal. Well, they were drafting a tight end. Here's the criticism that they've received from that draft. You have a lot of holes on a bad defense still. And they, did, they waited a long time to draft defense. But I'm in their corner. And by that, I mean, and I said it of all along when we talked about the draft. No, when it comes to the draft <laughs> process, you have Trevor Lawrence. You have this explosive playmakers outside. You have Ridley coming on. Why not make it so everything around him is that good? You're going to go score a ton of points, and then you can hope that you can fix the defense with some of those other guys. I think that's the way I would play it, and I think that's the way they played it. Do you think Doug Peterson has an influence because they went offense pretty much <laughs> on, on uh, Thursday and Friday? Yeah, I think he has an influence, absolutely has an influence. But I also think it's a smart thing to do. They're going to be hard to stop on offense. I mean, if you just take into account ETN's growth, and this is really going to be his second year. He got much better as the season moved along. You add Ridley to that offense, and, and everybody's raving about him up there. He looks like the same guy. If he's the same guy he was two years ago in Atlanta, that yeah. helps open up everybody else on that offense. And so they're and getting Harrison just solidifies the offensive line in case Cam Robinson isn't ready. And I think next year, Cam Robinson has a $17 million cap savings. He's gone. So you're drafting for the future with him as well. So why I like Tank Bigsby and you don't like Tank Bigsby. No, I like Tank Bigsby as a player. I, you know me with the running back position. I think they in that spot they could have gone somewhere else. But they need a big back to go with ETN, another pounder, because mm. ETN's not going to survive if he has to carry the ball 25, 20, 25 times a game. So they need a combination of backs to come through there to save ETN to keep him fresh. And here's what else is at play with that pick and the strange pick. They were bad in short yardage situations last year. Bad. So wait so, a second. Think, let, let me ask you this, though. 
you gave the Titans a B. If in case I didn't mention that, you gave the Jaguars a B minus. They have the worst grade among all the AFC South. I didn't love their I didn't love their second and third round picks. So I, I think there were better options there. Right. So that's just me. All right. Before we take a break, let me ask you this, Pete. Uh, <laughs> where is this from, Devo? This is this is Pete wearing that teal slash green in two thousand seven. That's actually that's not the shirt. You're, you're <laughs> doing a lot of digging on something. You can see that's a sports line thing, and that is a green shirt. It's the same Pete, color of the man. field. Teal. I had a lot of hair back then, too. You had a lot of hair. Oh, my God. Who is that, young and lad? If you're listening, you can't see this picture of Pete Prisco with a full head of hair. Pete's in his well, 40s here. It's not quite a full head. It's not quite no, a full It's kind of like your head, Ryan. That's why you wear a hat. It's just half, <laughs> yeah, half head of hair. Yeah, you, you cover it up. Yeah. You don't, you're like me. You don't. You just cover it up. You got the same head I do. You're not like Rick with his lion's mane that needs to carry a brush in his back. You no. know that, by, by the way, everybody doesn't know that out there. Rick Spielman travels with his brush, all, and it's with him at all times. True or false, Rick? Well, it's when you have hair, you like to take no, care no, of it, no, so no, I don't, I don't end up any. looking that's, like that's, you two. No, that's not it. We don't have any, but do you travel with the brush? When you're on the when you're on the training camp tour, is the brush in the bag, yes or no? It's the brushes in the bag. <laughs> it's oh. it's, I used to use a brush way back in the day when I was like 17. When you had your perm. <laughs> All right, before we take a break, let me ask you this, Pete, quickly. Uh, Jaguars, I'm sure, are the favorites in your mind. Which team, all the other three teams drafted quarterbacks, which team is most likely to challenge the Jaguars in the AFC South? Ooh. The Titans are going to win their usual seven, eight games no matter what. That's just who they are. I don't know if the Texans won't get there. And I think that the Colts will be around seven or eight. So Colts are Titans, same as last year. Jacksonville's going to win 12, 13 uh, games. We'll this see. Year. We'll 12, see. 13. They might have here, here, put this out there for an early prediction. Jacksonville might end up as the number one seed in the AFC. How about that? And here's why they play all those teams. There's a chance they could play all six games with rookie quarterbacks for those three teams, yeah, correct? That's true. Yeah. They play the NFC South. That means they're going to play a rookie quarterback with Carolina. They're going to play a second-year quarterback with Ritter and Atlanta. They're going to play Baker Mayfield in uh, with Tampa Bay, and then you get Derek Carr uh, in, in New Orleans. That, those are all winnable games. They have that's, that's 10. If you win eight of those, you split your rest of the other ones, you're going to get 12 wins. They're going to, they have a chance to be the one seed. Look at the rest of the divisions. Every other division in the AFC is brutal. I don't hate it. Rick, what do you think? Who's your is your is Jacksonville your favorite? And if so, who's your team most likely to challenge? In the AFC? No. In the AFC South? South. Oh, the AFC South, I don't think anyone's going to come close to them this year. Not, but you see, gonna... the rationale, you see the rationale where they could end up with the one seed, yeah. even though they're not the best team. Yeah, no, and and Pete wasn't on their bandwagon. I was on their bandwagon at training camp, and oh, uh, then Pete jumped back on it. You said they would finish 500. <laughs> oh, yeah, they play something. <laughs> no, you're right. They were better than I thought they were last year. You, no, you, they, had, them they, winning, you had them winning uh, eight, eight, and one <laughs> is what you had them at. I had them at eight, eight. I forgot there was a 17th game. Yeah. <laughs> so I went I nine, eight, 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 and I one. I had them at six. I had them at six. All right, um, record. So, Pete, you're going to hang around. We're going to do no. quickly. We're going to go quickly no. through the NFC South. No. It'll take 10 I minutes. Things I got to do. I got to do. All right. Well, See Pete's you. leaving us. That's all he could handle, Rick. He he did do 49 minutes. Wait, him- you guys you guys are going to do the NFC South? Podcasts are supposed to be an hour. Cut this damn thing down, would you? 
<laughs> I said it's 10 minutes. Hey, We're gonna Steve, make sure Pete doesn't get an invisible T-shirt you give out to all the guests. <laughs> all right. Let's take a break. Pete's leaving us. Thank you for your time, See Pete. You, we'll back. Me and Rick will rip through the NFC South right after this. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> I'm laughing, Rick, because Debo just shot me a note. Prisco is so soft. <laughs> he couldn't handle 10 more minutes. Uh all right. Well, we got 49 minutes of Pete. That's probably enough for everyone's uh, daily intake. Yep. Let's get on to the old Carolina Panthers. And not surprisingly here, Rick, you gave an A. <laughs> I'll go quickly through who they took. They had six picks by my count. We'll see if I'm wrong or not. Obviously, Br- Bryce Young was first overall. Came back and got Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Uh, then your guy, DJ Johnson, edge rusher out of Oregon, went in round three, which is earlier than a lot of people f- thought. My guy, Chandler Zavala, went in round four, the guard out of NC State. Didn't get a combine invite for some reason. Uh, Jamie Robinson, safety out of Florida, round five. And uh, Jalen Redman, um, my dude, Jalen. Oh, Jalen didn't get drafted. He was an undrafted free agent. So, yeah, that was it. I, I mentioned I put him on here because I, I liked him a lot, and he uh, did not go draft. He's a little undersized defensive lineman out of Oklahoma. All right, Rick, it starts with Bryce. We all love that pick. After that, what was the best pick in your mind in terms of helping this team get better right now? I thought they got great value as they went down through their draft and, 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 you know, Mingo, I really liked, and he grew on me through this pre-draft process. He had a really good combine. Uh, I'm not saying he's DJ Moore, but he's a bigger version of that slot receiver. And if you add him into the mix with going out and signing Thielen and DJ Chark, I mean, I think they're going to be much better uh, at the skill position, uh, especially given Bryce Young as many weapons as he possibly can get. I liked uh, DJ Johnson pick. Uh, I thought he was one of the funnest, if that's a word, uh, the most enjoyable guy to watch on how hard he plays. Yep. They're switching their defense, so I don't know if Gross Modest fits what they're going to do defensively. So he's a little bit of a, uh, a square peg trying to fit in a round hole. I think DJ Johnson, when you team him up with Burns, is going to give him some edge presence, at least in a rotation. Uh, your guy, the guard from North Carolina State, I think could come in and compete for a starting job mm. right away. And then Jamie Robinson was a good football player. You know, they signed Von Bell. Uh, you know, he's going to compete with uh, Xavier um, Xavier Woods, who we actually had in Minnesota uh, for 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 a year. But Jamie Robinson, if he didn't run as poorly as he did at the combine. He's a really good football player and an ideal free safety because of his intelligence and getting himself in position to make plays on a defensive side of the ball. 
So I thought it was an A, one, they traded up to go get their franchise quarterback, and two, they took, even though they didn't have a lot of picks, uh, I thought they got value at each one of their uh, selections. Yeah, you mentioned you gave an A overall. This is the only A we've had uh, over the course of this podcast, and spoiler alert, is the only A that you will see on this podcast. Uh, let me ask you about Chandler Zavala quickly, the guard out of NC State. Presumably, Scott Fitter, the GM, talked to Icky Kwandi, last year's first-round pick who played with Zavala at NC State. Uh, how easy or does it matter? Is that transition for Zavala coming to a team where he's with a former teammate who he played alongside of in college? No, because if – and it doesn't influence if you draft him or not, but when you have a guy, and I don't know, make they may have potentially been roommates, yeah, uh, but they were in the same offensive line meeting room every day together. Um, so I think that has some influence and gave Scott some insight on Zavala. But when you watch Zavala on tape, there's no question about his physical ability. And he was like a combine snub that I think was the highest non-combine guy to get drafted. I think so. Um, so I think he has a chance to come in and if not start next year, be an eventual starter inside because of how physical and how big he is. Uh, and they survived on the run game last year. I know it's going to probably change a little bit, but as far as a road grader up front, he fits that to a T. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's go to the Falcons. Uh, they did not take a quarterback, but they did take a running back to help their second-year quarterback in Des Ritter. Uh, Rick, you gave them a B overall. It started with B. John Robinson at number eight. Then my guy Matthew Bergeron, this, the uh, tackle out of Syracuse, went in round two. Uh, Zach Harrison felt like maybe a little rich uh, late round three. The edge rusher at Ohio State, we saw him at his pro day. Again, he's a get-off-the-bus-first guy, but a little stiff as a pass rusher. Uh, then they went sort of the other direction. They took Clark Phillips, undersized corner, uh, who were, if he were a couple inches taller and ran a couple tenths of a second faster on his 40, he's probably a, a top 50 pick. A uh, little small, a little slow, so he lasted, but he's a really good football player. DeMarco Hellams, who you got to see in the fall. Another really good football player, tough. Uh, lacks a little bit in terms of athleticism, why he lasted so long. And then Javon uh, Gwen, the interior offensive lineman uh, for South Carolina, their final pick. They had six total picks here. You're okay. I think we've talked about this, but we'll just reiterate. Des Ritter's your second-year quarterback. Played a little bit last year. Did okay, and he, he made some progress. You're okay, Dick, and Bijan here at number eight to help? Yeah, no, and and like we had said in previous podcasts, he's not a running back. He's an offensive playmaker, and not only is he going to help run the ball, and that's how they won games last year, being able to run the ball, but he's going to create mismatches in the passing game. He has the ability to take it to the house once he gets to the second level or in space because of his speed. Uh, he's underrated as a pass blocker. So I think that when they looked at their board, and he's a top five uh, probably player, take out the position, he's a top five player, if not higher in this draft. So you have to take a guy like that. I think Bergeron's going to move inside to guard. I mean, okay. they they – Right now, if you look at their offensive line, uh, you know, they uh, they have Matthews, Jake Matthews at left tackle. You know, Lindstrom, they just gave a big-time contract to at right guard. Uh, McGarry, they uh, re-signed at right tackle. So I think there's a hole there uh, between him and Hennessy, but I see uh, Bergeron coming in and, and being a, an eventual starter at guard. Uh, Zach Harrison, I think he just plays too much by the numbers. I wasn't as thrilled with that pick. Clark Phillips has a chance to come in to be a really good Nick, although he didn't run as fast as you wanted him to. 
but a really good football player. So I thought it was a B, but I, I did not disagree with them taking Bijan Robinson. Yeah. So now they have Bijan and last year's draft, they took Drake London. The draft before that, they took Kyle Pitts. So they got some players, added some depth along the offensive line. So this is, I don't want to say it's Des, Des Ritter's year to prove it or not, but there are going to be very few excuses uh, if things don't work out. So Rick, r- refresh my memory again. When did you arrive in Minnesota? 2000. My first draft was 2007. Oh, okay. You remember who you took in the first round of that draft? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. so let, let me ask you this. You took Adrian Peterson, and I'm asking this question because you just talked about Bijan Robinson, and my first thought was, may not matter who the quarterback is in Atlanta. Do you remember who the quarterbacks, plural, were for the 07 Vikings? Uh, when I first got there, who now refresh my memory. So Tavares Jackson started 12 games. Right. Rest, rest in peace. Tavares passed away unexpectedly. Uh, then Kelly Holcomb had to play three games, and then uh, Brooks Bollinger had to start a game. So those are the three quarterbacks. That team went eight and eight. Uh, but I would imagine that a lot of the success that team had was because of the guy just turn, you turn around and hand the ball off to. And that yeah. could be something that – now, Adrian Peterson wasn't a guy that was going to catch a ton of passes out of the backfield, but that it was a different game back then. Yeah. But, but Bijan's versatility could provide something along those lines for a young quarterback like Desmond Ritter is my point. Yes. Yes, I agree 100%. And Love it. he is a big enough back where if he has to carry the load, he's going to be able to do that. And they have um, – Tyler Algiers, Algiers, excuse me, last year from BYU can also uh, take a few reps if needed. He is a good back that had a pretty good rookie I, campaign. He, yeah, he had a good year last year, but I think you have to have more than one back, especially yeah. if you're going to use Bijan some potentially in a slot to try to create mismatches or how they use them. Ritter has to take a step forward this year. I don't think if he does, I think the third year is you'll truly know where he's at. But unlike Justin Fields in Chicago, uh, Ritter does have a chance to have a chance because of the playmakers around him. <laughs> I like that. Has a chance to have a chance. I love it. All right. As you mentioned, you gave the Falcons a B. Next up, the old Buccaneers. So you also gave a B to. They had seven picks by my count. Let's see if I'm right here. Kalaja Kansi, he of the short arms, went in the first round. Cody Mock, he of the short arms, went in the second round. Kalaja Kansi's defensive lineman out of pit. Cody Mock's going to play inside. He played outside of North Dakota State along the offensive line. Then around three, my guy, Yaya Diaby, who makes up for both players with the, with the arm length. Uh, outside, actually played five take technique, played outside, played some four eyes, so he can move around. We'll see where he ends up. He weighed about in the mid-260s. Uh, Servassier Dennis, the linebacker out of Pitt, went in round five. My guy, Payne Durham, the tight end out of Purdue, had a really good senior bowl, went later in round five. And then Trey Palmer, one of the fastest players in this draft class, should have gone higher, had some maturity issues, lasted until round six, the wide receiver in Nebraska. And finally, Lige's guy and the guy that you owe an apology to, edge rusher out of Eastern Michigan, Jose Ramirez, went in round six. Transfer from Arizona, I believe. I think that's where he came from. I'll have to double check on that. But uh, this draft you gave a B to. Let's start at the top with those two short-arm guys. You like them both. Yeah, there'll be uh, the battle of the T-Rexes during training <laughs> camp. <laughs> ah, says you. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, but oh, both God. of them are <laughs> very good football players. I think Kansi will give them some inside pass rush. It's kind of like look at Tampa Bay. Okay, in the past, is is Kansi going to be like a Warren Sapp type guy? Is that what they envisioned him being in Todd Bowles' defense? And I think uh, when uh, Malk comes in, that he is going to be uh, a starting guard. I think they'll move him in right away. I think they'll move uh, uh, Tristan Wilfs 
worse to uh, left tackle because they cut Donovan Smith. Uh, Yaya Diabo or Diaby will be a uh, give them some rotation as a pass rusher. Can you imagine him and moving him inside to do some pass rush along with Cansey? I think that's going to get uh, them a chance to get after the quarterbacks pretty good. And then Dennis, uh, I think the linebacker from Pitt fits their undersized athletic mold. So this is a Tampa Bay type. Uh, I thought Todd Light got, uh, Jason Light got really uh, good value at all these picks. Uh, They were solid picks. Uh, They're trying to take care of the offensive defensive lines where they struggled uh, last year. Uh, You know, Brady cannot move. The biggest thing is how successful they will be whether it's uh, Baker Mayfield or Trask. So at 19, and you've talked about this before, it helps to have Kalaja Kansi next to Vita Vea because that, yep. that takes a lot of pressure off. At 19, is Rick Spielman considering Will Levis there? Um, if they have that much faith, you know, you see what Bruce Arian says about Baker Mayfield and how much he loved him coming out. Um, but that would have been a hard one to pass. Yeah. Uh, just because if you're, you know, what are they going to do down the road? I don't think the uh, uh, task is uh, is going to be the uh, quarterback of the future there. And Baker Mayfield's just a one-year plug type guy. So uh, Trask, and like I said, Trask is a pocket passer, you know. Trask so. is entering year three, I believe. He's on a four-year deal. So even if he does, if Baker plays next year and then the next year it's Kyle's year, he's in the final year of his deal, then you get, you get a franchise and pay him $40 million or whatever the franchise tag is by then. So that's... that's- yeah, they're going to have to address the quarterback for sure. And they had a chance to do it. Now, maybe they didn't like Levis. Yeah. So give them credit if they passed on him and Levis ends up flaming out, then this was a really good draft. All right. You gave him a B. You also gave the Saints a B, the last team that we'll talk about here in the NFC South. And it was like, I didn't love this draft, but I, I get it. It's sort of like they, they check some boxes here. Started with Brian Brzee at the bottom of the first round. And then they came back and got Isaiah. Uh, Brian Brzee is a defensive lineman out of Clemson. We've talked a lot about. Had a not a great season, but he had a lot of things going on, including some 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 personal issues that um, he lost his sister unexpectedly, which was terrible. He was he had some sicknesses that he suffered that were sort of random. He tore his ACL the year before. We talked to him at the combine. He's a great kid, and uh, when it's all put together, you feel like it can it can certainly work. Former five star coming out going to Clemson. Then in round two, they got Isaiah Foskey. Uh, the tight end who moved to edge rusher for Notre Dame. He plays like a guy who hasn't been playing the position very long, looks apart, but he he's sort of robotic. So he's got to work on that. Kendra Miller, they got in the third round, the running back to compliment um, Alvin Kamara. And one of my favorite guys at the senior bowl, Nick Saldaveri, who's going to play inside the ODU uh, offensive lineman. Then Jake Hayner in the fourth round, that was Rick's guy after the top five who he thought should go first. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, quarterback out of Fresno. Uh, Jordan Howden, another guy that Rick was talking about, the safety, who uh, ran well, had a lot of good tape. And then finally, in the sixth round, they got A.T. Perry, um, ran in the four fours, played like he's four six five guy, uh, big target. Um, we'll see what their plan is for using him, um, whether it's Juwan Jennings or who's the other guy's name that I get wrong, Debo, the two players that I think are the same person? Juwan Johnson. Juan Johnson and Juwan Jennings. They, they're basically the same person in my mind. They were wide receivers who have gained weight and sort of play a tight end slash wide receiver role. So take your pick. Maybe that's A.T. Perry's future. What do you think, Rick, about these draft picks? Yeah, I, I, I liked what they did. I didn't like Folsky at the uh, uh, second round pick. I think he's a little bit like Harrison from Ohio State. Yeah. Plays cool. a little bit by the numbers. 
Um, he, you know, looks good coming off the bus. He just got to, he has to learn how to pin his ears back and just go. It's almost, and I understand the production in college, uh, but it was some false production. If you look at all the sacks, you know, wh whether, you know, it was forced up in a pocket, he didn't actually beat the guy or fell into a scramble sack or something like that. But right. he has a physical tools, but he just, he has to learn to just go and play instead of just almost mechanical, just like Harrison was from Ohio state. Brzee, I think is uh, going to be a heck of a player for him. I think they're going to get the version that you saw in 2021. Uh, so that's good. And that was a huge need for him to fill on the offensive line. Uh, when you look at uh, Miller, maybe Miller was valued to them just because Kamara's uh, legal issues yep. that, that's going on. And who knows if he's going to get suspended or not. So I can understand why they're taking a running back. And then my favorite Saturday pick was Jake Hayner, uh, who I think could be, uh, and we'll, we won't know this down the road, but maybe the Brock Purdy of this draft class. Yeah. And you've comped them to a guy that you played for you. Yeah. Case Keenum. Who took, took the help. The Vikings went 13 games. Yeah. Um, went to the NFC championship. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that would be a, a huge upside. No doubt about it. All right. That is it. Episode 50. Rick, we've done 50 of these things. Can you believe that? Do we get an anniversary T-shirt? Isn't that? Yeah. Don't you get, you get an anniversary invisible sweatshirt. It's in the mail. Go check the mailbox when we're done. Do we get that... gold watches now? Or isn't that what you get for your 50th? <laughs> Whatever you want. It's in your mailbox. You just can't see it. I, I just want Paramount Plus. I just like to have Paramount Plus. <laughs> All right. We're working on it. Um, the good news is if you're watching the Champions League, you can watch that on CBS, regular CBS now because we're down to the semifinals. Um, so that's Good news, but we'll make sure you have it before the start of Champions League next year. Uh, so <laughs> give us some time. <laughs> I love the shows on Paramount Plus. The the commercials that we see on this podcast are just very intriguing. Everybody should get Paramount Plus. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, Rick, but uh, Debo just put this on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Bennett Wilson on Twitter sent me a tweet. He says, how do I get a With a First Pick t-shirt? I forwarded that to Debo. I didn't hear anything back, so I don't know why the merch store is doing. But he says, I love you and Rick on the pod. By far the best content on the draft. Rick reminds me of everyone's high school girlfriend's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Making dad jokes, but then also warning people that if things don't, if, if she's not home by 930, they're gonna, there's going to be trouble. Okay, can I give one bad dad joke before we go off the air? Yes, go ahead, Rick. Well, it's not a bad dad joke. This is kind of serious, and, and I just wanted to, you know, uh, the other day down here on Sanibel, you know, we moved down here, been through the hurricane and everything, and then uh, uh, I was actually out on the road, and my wife had called me and said there was a shark attack down here, uh, and it just mauled the whole left side of this guy's body. And my wife was pretty upset about it. And I said, "Honey, you, you just, you know, you can't predict that stuff, but don't worry. He's going to be all right. Get it? All right. <laughs> no, I got it. And by the way, when you have to tell the, the punchline to people, that's not, that, that's an indication. Hey, Debo, how do you rate that dad joke? Uh, <laughs> we need like a scale. I mean, we're giving grades today. That's a C. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That seems pretty good. By the way, here's the thing. I didn't know whether to laugh early because if this story was in fact going to be serious and this poor man lost the left side of his body, I didn't want to be laughing at him. And then you gave us that stupid punchline and I feel terrible for, I should have been laughing the whole time. I laugh at myself. That's all that matters. I told you, you lead the league in laughing at your own jokes and that, that remains the case. 50 episodes in. So 
Thank you, Rick, for doing this for 50 episodes. Thanks. Probably the, the person that needs the most thanks is Debo for producing this thing for 50. Yeah. Episodes. When he's on the air producing instead of flying all over the world. I think you probably travel more than Debo. You travel a lot still. You travel more now than you did when you had a, a league job. Yeah. This, no. this, this spring we did. We did a lot of travel <laughs> this spring. And next year we're taking Debo with us. That's the plan. Well, if he's around. Yeah, he'll be around. He's like, he didn't get 50. This isn't his 50th anniversary. He missed a couple podcasts. I mean, next year, the uh, the Pro Day Tour is Los Angeles. It's Chapel Hill. It's Austin, Texas. Yeah. We get, we it's it's kind of spread out next year. It's not as easy as flying back to Cincinnati every two days <laughs> and, making me, and making me drive everywhere. Hey, Rick, is the plan to fly into Cincinnati and make me drive to Los Angeles? Is that the plan? Yeah. No, we have to connect them through Cincinnati. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Thanks to Rick. Thanks to Debo. Thanks to you all you guys for watching and listening. Thumbs up. Like us on uh, YouTube and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you guys next Monday. I think Joey Harrington may surprise some people this year. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way to end it. Have a good weekend. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Deucible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.